You're listening to Power Producers Shop Talk, where we are refining and redefining the sales game by equipping you with the tools you need to differentiate yourself in the marketplace. Well, it's like when we audit the mod with Mod Advisor and are able to give them the action items that they're going to use to lower their total cost of risk. Tactical skills that will help you provide deliverable value to your clients and prospects. It's going to be a great year in 2022 at Florida Risk Partners now that IPFS is in the game with their total pay strategy. We can write excess and surplus lines and completely remove the agency bill from our agency. People, if you're not using total pay by IPFS, you're definitely leaving money on the table. And action items that you can provide to take your prospects and clients to the next level. Having partners like Mineral only bolsters the fact that your clients do not care about the insurance. It's all of the value that you're able to add. And with partners like Mineral who can help with both HR and environmental health and safety, we can't help but win. This is Power Producer Shop Talk. Production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power? Hey, everybody. Welcome to Power Producer Shop Talk. Pop quiz hot shot. What does EBITDA stand for? If you don't know, you should have listened to last week's episode because we drilled it six ways from Sunday. And today we have Ms. Carrie Wallace from Agency Focus, one of the preeminent experts in agency valuation and perpetuation planning nationally, if not worldwide, to talk about benchmarks. We're going to talk about benchmarks at this point because we don't have anything left to talk about with EBITDA. She just crushed it. <laughs> left us speechless, so to say. <laughs> oh, you're funny. All right, so let's talk about benchmarks. You ready? Yep. Ready. Uh, when you value an agency, one of the things that you look at is what is your performance and how does it compare to the benchmarks? So I know, David, you and I were on a panel, uh, when was that, a couple weeks ago, and yep. um, someone asked, what is the benchmark for technology spend inside an agency? That's what I mean. So when I say a benchmark, I mean how much of your resources are you allocating to different parts of your business? The largest benchmark is always your people, the compensation, your benefits, all of that, um, followed by your sales expense, your occupancy expense, uh, what your rent, all of those things are. So a well-run agency is able to run at a profitability of, let's say, 30%, leaving the other 70% of their revenue to be allocated across these expenses. And what I'm finding is, Agencies that are positioned for growth and positioned for scale are redefining what those benchmarks are. Your face almost dropped when I told you what the technology um, benchmark is today for the average agency, which technology itself is about 2.2 to 3.5% of your revenue going towards technology. That's the average. These are benchmarks that are put on by best practices. Um, there's, there's several different sources of benchmarks. Uh, the National Alliance does some benchmarking. But again, that's what a typical agency was spending. I don't even want to ask you what you spend in your technology, but I know it's far beyond. Uh, yeah, no, you don't want to. I might make you pass out. 
<laughs> so here's, here's the, the thing. thing. I think, but 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 saying that, I want everybody to be very very clear on something. We're not just taking money and throwing it out the window, right? This is a very well thought out and conscious investment. Let me say that word again. Investment. Investment. Yeah. It's not. A, this is not something. It, it's no different. Now, now listen. Here's 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 the hypocrisy of the insurance industry right here. People are gonna gonna throw shade at me because I'll make a huge investment in technology, and I'm I know what my return is on that. It's very measurable what my return is on that. But the people that are willing to criticize me are the same ones that are going out and they're spending ridiculous amounts of money to bring in first year producers on a high salary or a draw that they have no chance of recovering in anywhere between twelve or thirty six months because they don't have a plan in place to measure that producer's behaviors and, and monitor them. But but they don't understand the technology piece, so it's automatic. Oh, that guy's an idiot. He doesn't know what he's doing. No couldn't be further from the truth. You have to understand to have this conversation about technology, you have to change the way you look at technology in your agency, period. You have to view it as a team member. It is not an expense. It is a vital and necessary member of your team that will provide you a return. So you said something super key there. You have to be able to measure a return. It's impossible to make an investment without being able to measure a return. We would never do it with our stock portfolio. Mm -hmm. We wouldn't do it in any part of our lives. So um, if you're able to measure the return, you know if that technology is working for you or if that strategy in any part of your agency is working for you. And if you can't measure it, then you have no idea when to stop or start. So my, my headline for benchmarks are they are not considered – individually. You have to look at the whole picture of the agency and look at how they're investing in their agency and is it working? Are they actually driving growth? Are they driving profitability? Or are they on the path to do that before you would ever adjust those benchmarks inside an agency? I'd never adjust someone who is four times the benchmark that actually is crushing the growth as well. If they're doing that, their model works and that's why I'm saying many agencies are redefining these benchmarks pretty significantly. Um, hmm. Payrolls being defined by the use of VAs. So lower payroll, higher outsourced services, higher growth, I'd never change that model. Does that make sense? Right, yeah. So I, I, I think it's you need someone who's going to take a holistic view of what your strategy is, how it's working, and your ability to measure it to then know if the benchmarks apply to you or not. I actually believe that there's a pretty core group of agents that are redefining those. And um, I, I, I think that those are the ones that are actually going to be um, who we're all aspiring to be. As there's mergers and acquisitions happening and they're scaling and growing, you're not going to be able to run an agency with only 2% of your revenue going to technology in five years. That's not, no. that's not going to be possible, right? You're not going to be it able to scale. It even seems low now. Like, I mean, obviously our agency, like we just talked about, is a little bit different. But, I mean, just in my head, that that seems low based on everything else in our lives being so totally driven off of technology. <laughs> yeah, think about it. If you are only doing the bare minimums in technology, there's no way you can be predictive. 
there's no way that you can be driving which segment you're trying to maximize. You're really just reactive in your approach. So I would agree with you, Kyle. Our world is, is being driven by data and technology. And I, sadly, independent insurance agencies, because there's a 90% retention, are not quick to jump on that bandwagon and make that investment. Um, mm -hmm. And it's, it's costly. I mean, it's a big leap, but you... Again, those that make it and do it well and can measure the outcome are seeing great results without question. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering too if some of the hesitancy to jump on, and we've talked about it before on here, is jump on board with the technology um, is what I'm referring to, is just because there's so many agencies currently that are kind of aging out um, and the older generation is just sort of like, well, I'm retiring in a few years and just going to sell. So what's it even matter? But that just goes back to what we were talking about with the EBITDA last episode and, and valuing the business and, and okay, here you're retiring. I would imagine you're going to sell. Like you can't just sell your agency for a giant multiple when you don't have technology implemented. That's where everything's going. So it's kind of yeah. a little bit of a weird situation. It's a chicken and egg, right? So. Right. If I'm an agency owner and I have 30 years of my career in front of me, I'm going to make that investment all day long. That's an easy mm -hmm. jump. But if I right. only have three years ahead of me, there's a weighing the balance of do I want to invest in technology and is the payout going to be high enough for me to go through the pain in the next three years? The sad thing is, Kyle, an agency that doesn't have technology can't really speak to um, those things that are going to drive the value of that agency. Is it transferable? Um, how sound is that book of business? If you don't have technology yeah. in place, you're not going to be able to answer those questions, so you're going to sell at a discount. There's just no two ways around it. So um, it's really interesting, though, and there is this push-pull between future agency owners and current agency owners to get that agency positioned uh, in the future. And unfortunately, mm -hmm. I think it creates those that will be acquired and those that will be acquiring. And uh, those that are able to set that infrastructure the right way are poised to acquire those that don't, is, is really what's happening in our industry. So we, we kind of hit technology as the benchmark just because that's the one that, that we sat on a, a, um, a panel and talked about. But I would also tell you payroll and the use of virtual assistance is changing the profitability and the, and the productivity inside agencies that do that and do that well. And it's super exciting to see, honestly. We have such a, a um, hiring issue in our industry and in our country that being able to utilize things like, you know, solutions like virtual assistance, WAVE, um, reallocating work is really making a difference. Um, so I think that my point is when you look at a benchmark, it's not always the goal to hit the benchmark. It's to say, is that the right benchmark for my agency and how does it work with my overall strategy? I don't know what else to say, man. Like you guys, you have guys had a great conversation. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. it, it's tough because you pretty much say what I believe, right? So yeah. there's not really well, too much about this stuff. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think, I think we have a double-edged sword in our industry. I think there is a lot of innovation and a lot of technology. I also think there's a lot of innovation in technology that technically probably isn't ready to be agency-facing yet. 
and it gets out there and you know they do get some venture money which allows them to have we have a lot of really good marketing companies that are disguised as having technology, right? And so they get in front of people, they show the shiny objects, agents want to adopt it, and maybe that technology's not ready to be in the marketplace yet, or they're constantly, I mean, I think of some of the companies I have investments in that are seed stage, and I see how often they're updating, and in their mind, they're doing a really good job of getting their product to where their users want it to be. They're doing frequent updates and everything else. But I think that from perception, specifically understanding the insurance agency, a lot of time or insurance agency model, I think a lot of these agency principals end up getting frustrated because they can't keep up. Yeah. And I would also tell you, David, there's a lot of agencies that aren't ready for the technologies that are there. So if you're going to invest in technology, you have to have the infrastructure in place inside your agency to use the technology in order to drive the results. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's important to have the right team and mindset in order to make sure that that's not an investment that, that, that does turn into an expense because the results are not there. So, you know, I, I would agree with you. In some instances, I believe less technology works. Just use the technology you have effectively um, is really the solution for many agency owners. Agreed. So, yeah. You, you use what you've got before you're trying to figure out what's next. And the last thing I would say is as you're making investments inside your agency, um, you have to decide what you're investing in. So. If you are in the middle of investing inside your agency in order to build your infrastructure, you're engaging, let's say you're engaging with a consultant to put all your processes and procedures in place, you're getting technology, you're going to be blowing the benchmarks in many areas of your agency and your profitability will suffer as you're making those investments. The whole idea is those will pay off and set you up to be at the right benchmarks when you would want to think about acquiring another agency or exiting the industry. But you can't do it all at the same time. You have to have realistic ex expectations about where you are in that life cycle of your agency. I think that's and important think, for people to remember in this day and age of gratification. Agreed. And, you know, again, that whole comparison game doesn't work. If you're in the middle of investing and you're, you know, three months in and someone's been doing it for four years, completely different situation, you know, right. and, you know, honestly, there's a lot of people that are our friends that get on there and talk about this and, and people hear it as if it happened instantaneously. It did not. Yeah. You know? When we had Brian will on the podcast, he said, that's what we call the 20 year overnight success story. Yeah. Right. Everybody sees that. Like I was talking to a guy uh, this week actually about CRM AMS stuff and explain, you know, it's just said, we have HubSpot and Hawksoft. Well, why do you have both? Because they do different things and they don't talk to each other yet, right? Hopefully someday, but not yet. And he said, well, what do you, why do you even have the CRM? I said, because I sell. Like we, we yeah. want to grow revenue. We want to manage all that. And Hawksoft, as, as much as I love everybody over there, it's not HubSpot on the CRM side and it never will be. That's not what their goal is. And so... Um, you know, we, I, we had the conversation and he's like, well, I, you know, I've, I've just started last year and this, that, and I'm like, whoa, stop. Let me tell you what you need to be. You didn't tell me the background and shame on me for not asking. And I think that, you know, people who have been, who are more seasoned and have been around, I think sometimes we just need to stop, take a deep breath, back up 
and say, okay, what are some of the basic questions I need to know the answers to prior to giving advice? One of those is how old is your agency? How about what is your business mix? You know, what is your revenue size? And understanding that because I'm not going to go to a two person shop that's only been in business for a year and say, you need to go get a fully customized version of Salesforce. Like, it would be absolutely ludicrous for me to do that. I'm not going to recommend in most cases that they would get any kind of a customizable CRM at that stage of the game. You don't need to be worrying about going down those rabbit holes and paying for developers when there are products like Better Agency, Agency Zoom, Insured Mine. I mean, we can name a bunch of them, but all of them work pretty much out of the box for all practical purposes with minor tweaks here or there to get campaigns set up and everything. Are you an agent or are you a CRM developer? If you're an agent, then you need to find whatever you're going to be able to buy to make you the best agent you can be today and be able to be the best driver of revenue for your agency. And that's something that works out of the box, you know, and then you can stair step from there. But as always, you know, what, what's the technology that, that I should buy? What CRM should I buy? The number one answer is the one you're going to use, right? Because the thing is, we're also a notorious group of people for investing in things that we never touch. And then we complain, oh, the, I bought that, but it didn't work. Really? Well, tell me about your experience with it. Well, and then you find out it just sat on the shelf collecting dust the entire time. It really wasn't the software. It's the fact that the software people had a good salesperson that sold the agency principal on it. They buy it. And then now all of a sudden it's, it's the horrible software's problem. I use the analogy all the time. I could give you a Ferrari, but if you don't put gas in the tank, it ain't going to go anywhere, right? You're like the king of analogies. But I would tell you, you just took us back to someone who buys technology and doesn't utilize it, that is an expense. Someone who buys technology, utilizes it, measures the success, that is an investment. And there are differences. And I think we also tend to look at the shiny new toy or the best demo that we saw in order to decide what technology to use. And you're not actually thinking about the problem you're trying to solve and the way to measure it before you implement it. So those that are able to do that, it is an investment. You can measure the return and you can start to see those benchmarks and the whole dynamic of your business changing by investing in areas that some agencies historically had not. Mm. There you go, people. Yeah, there it I is. Mean, we're, we're hitting right on uh, all cylinders, right on time. So what are we talking about next week? So next I know they're going to come back wanting more, Carrie. You're, you're leaving <laughs> them sure so. wanting more every time. This is not like an Eric Church concert. If you ever go to an Eric Church concert, he's like a modern-day James Taylor. This guy will get up for six hours and go. I mean, like I literally wanted to tell him, Eric, leave a couple for next time because I, I, I want to come back wanting to hear. Thank God he only comes every three years because I lose like a day of my life going to one concert. That's he's funny. absolutely fantastic, but – Carrie, Carrie Wallace has got it figured out. She knows how to leave you wanting more. So we talked about EBITDA. We talked about um, benchmarks. The next thing we need to talk about is that, that magical multiple that we all talk about. What are the factors that determine the multiple inside an agency? Boom. There you go. You want to know those factors? We're not giving them to you now. You got to tune in next week. Everybody have a good weekend. See ya.
been listening to Power Producers Shop Talk. You can follow us at the Power Producers Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And if you want to take your game to the next level, check out our commercial insurance training course at killingcommercial.com or visit Amazon to pick up a copy of our international best-selling book, The Extra Two Minutes. 